Hello and welcome to the Learning is Changeless, the web series where I get to tackle all of the things that I would like to learn how to change in education in order to create an engine for authentic learning. Um, today I wanted to respond to the video that Tim Viegas um, sent out yesterday and, uh, and that was a continuation of our conversation around um, sort of managing our digital life. And uh, the thing that most struck me about his response um, was a sense of responsibility that he felt um, to other teachers, to other learners, um, and he described his responsibility this way. I think that we have to uh, remember not only to curate for ourselves, but we need to curate for other people. You know, I would call this concept professional responsibility, and it's a responsibility to curate your learning for others. And the reason why it resonated with me so much this week is that I heard it in a different version elsewhere. I was listening to one of the EdChat radio shows, um, which they put out every week kind of as a summation of everything that happened during the chaotic Twitter EdChat. And um, the, the topic for that particular week was around what you do with a colleague or someone else in your building who is using outdated tools or methodologies and sort of learning strategies. And what do you do? Do you have this professional responsibility to talk to them and tell them about things that you know how to do or, or resources that you have at your disposal, um, is that responsibility there? And there was debate back and forth on, you know, is that your responsibility as a, as a fellow teacher and learner or is it something to do with leadership? Um, but I actually think that that misses the point more than what Tim is, is trying to talk about here, um, where the professional responsibility is around curating learning that you find personally useful and then making that available. That responsibility of finding out what an audience looks like, what um, your secondary learning audience is. And to me, that's, that's a really interesting concept where you have this primary learning audience. If you're a teacher or if you are, you know, a learning and development professional, like you have this primary learning audience that you are constantly creating things for. Um, but it is in that secondary learning audience that, uh, that I would like to change, um, where we don't only consider, you know, the, the primary learning audience, but also consider that secondary learning audience. What happens after? our um, our teaching happens or our, our learning experience happens, our secondary learning audience, how are they going to um, either consume that or, or um, create something off of it? And that secondary learning audience can either be someone that watches something like this on YouTube or it can be someone that learns from the person that we taught in our initial setting. And I find that it's most interesting when that secondary learning audience is the one that gets caught up in the, the things that you are talking about. So it isn't the person who signs up for your newsletter, um, Tim. It is the person who gets the forward of your newsletter that, uh, that you didn't know was going to get that. It isn't the person that is following you already it is the person who sees the retweet of what you just mentioned. It is that secondary learning audience. It is the, um, the teacher that, um, that your student has next year that now knows about what you are doing in your classroom because of that student's project that he is still so proud of. 
that secondary learning audience is the thing that I think is, is most powerful around um, curating learning for others. And so to me, it's how do you make your learning experiences so that secondary learning audience still gets the effect of it, right? You're curating for a primary audience and, you know, your primary audience of, of students or the learners in your charge. Um, but without um, thinking about who that secondary audience is, then your, your learning becomes just this very insular thing uh, and, and insulated into just that primary audience. So that's where I want to uh, go with this, right? So um, the question that I would love to, to pose and have people react to is who is the secondary learning audience that you are engineering things for, um, that you are creating and curating for? Um, and that's something that I tackle with, or I tackle a lot. Um, but I think that's, that's kind of where I want to think about this conversation heading, is not how do we manage our digital life for ourselves and for our primary audience, but for that secondary audience who, who ends up coming to us um, through serendipity, um, who ends up finding us as a, a conduit to something bigger and better, because as ourselves, we're not going to find that effect. Um, it is only when the things that we have created are then created off of and remixed and, and sort of um, created um, beyond us and, and sort of um, as, a, as an offshoot. So that's where I want to go with this uh, conversation, at least for today. Um, so thank you so much for watching. And um, if you'd like to join the um, Google Plus community, um, the link is down below, um, please do comment or um, subscribe to this channel and all of the other community channels. Um, thank you so much for watching. Talk to you soon.